Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper, a series of interviews with financial consultants and industry experts helping financial advisors strategize, market, and grow their business using core fitness values and analogies. Do something today that your future self will thank you for with Get Advisor Fit. Here's your host, Olivia Looper. Welcome back to Get Advisor Fit, where we remind you to lift heavy, invest often, and market your ass off. And I know today's guest will at least agree with the last couple statements because Corey Keating is himself also a marketer in the financial services space. Uh, Found him recently on LinkedIn, loved what he was putting out there, loved what he's doing for advisors. And I said, I got to talk to this guy. I got to get him on the show because the more marketers in the room, the better. Because this is one of the financial advisors' chief problems is bringing in new clients and generating new revenue. And that's what we're here to help them do. So Corey is also, like I said, a financial services marketer, specifically a content creator and brand builder for high-performing financial advisors and boutique investment firms. Um, He creates powerful marketing content and building stronger brands for his clients. So Corey and I drink the same Kool-Aid. We sing the same songs. Kumbaya, content marketing here for advisors. So, you know, it'll like long introduction. So let me let Corey introduce himself. Tell us who you are, what you do. Give us the 101, how you got into the industry, things like that. We want to know it all. Absolutely. First of all, thank you, Olivia, for, you know, messaging me and uh, getting together with me and asking me to join. I'm, I'm thrilled and uh, excited to have this chat with you. Um, my name is Corey. Again, I, I first of all also I appreciate you not doing that full corporate read on the whole bio thing. Um, I think oh. that, that <laughs> I figured I'd let you explain it how you wanted to. I've been in this business in this industry from the jump uh, since uh, 06. So I've been here a while. I left corporate. Mar- I've, I was in corporate marketing my entire career. Corporate finance marketing. I uh, worked for some of the boutique firms, some of the major firms that m- many of your listeners are very familiar with. Uh, worked on the FA broker dealer side at some regional firms, and uh, I, I've kind of been on both sides of the fence throughout my career. I left in 2019 to start my own company, Marketers Company, which was a marketing entity basically that fulfilled the marketing services for the boutique fund managers, the small fund managers, the two to five billion that um, you know couldn't really afford their own marketing company or marketing department. So they would outsource to us. From that, I found that there was also a need for advisors to create real consumable marketing. And all they were getting from their back office was a library of canned content made available to them, which they all shared from. And I, I saw that as a really great opportunity for me to jump in and help advisors stand out. And so I created kind of Mark Corey Keating Marketing, which was just kind of a consulting service where I now work with advisors and help them build real engaging marketing programs that, that generate conversations. And here we are today. So I work on both sides of the fence. I work with boutique fund managers, uh, insurance companies and, and whatnot to help them build marketing programs on the firm level. And I work with advisors one-on-one really helping them stand out. Okay. I do the, you know, the one-on-one financial advisor thing too. I have never been on the other side. I imagine it must be very different, especially because part of the reason that I choose to work with the types of advisors I work with, independent advisors, is so that I don't have to deal with all of the nonsense that seems to come along with that of the bigger, you know, firms, 
the the fund managers, the, the broker dealers. So, I mean, just quickly for my own edification, how does your marketing different for between different between the two? I, tr- I mean. The audience is different, right? B two B talking from the fund level or the the firm level to an advisor is is a lot different than it is talking to a client. It's talking to clients. You you can be you have to be much softer and understand those real pain points that they're dealing with on a daily struggle. Not that you don't have to consider that on the firm level, but you know, on the firm level, you're one branding the firm, and then you're attempting to stop another business, another advisor in their tracks to give you their attention. So. There are many similarities. There are also many nuances. Um, like you mentioned, there's a lot of bureaucracy and compliance and, and all of that stuff involved. Not that we don't deal with that on the advisor level, but uh, there's many more cooks in the kitchen on the firm level where you know, what ultimately ends up happening is it unfortunately sanitizes much of the marketing that, that, that doesn't actually get done. So it's a challenge. Um, you know, I don't want to take over this, this show and this episode with all of that, but um, yeah, no, I mean, I was just curious because, <laughs> because I'm in it and I mean, it seems like it would be difficult, but I guess, like you said, there are nuances and you work around them and you, and I mean, great marketing principles are great marketing principles. So at the core of it, I bet a lot of it is similar, but I I'll do summarize it with this real quick. Like I'll say that I believe 98% of this industry is marketing for their contemporaries and coworkers and colleagues and the, the other people in the industry, not the consumer. And I think that applies to both the firm level and the FA level. So that's a challenge that I'm really trying to work with my clients through. Yeah, no, I definitely see that. And I have been really uh, trying to get my advisor to focus there more on the consumer than, you know, we're not creating content for you to show off to your friends. You know, <laughs> we're trying to reach the people that you want to work with. Um so there's definitely a fine line there. So when an advisor, let's go back, let's go to the solo advisor side or mm-hmm. you know, team of advisors side. When they come to you and they, you know, you and I, we both know how important it is to get your messaging right. So when you first start working with an advisor, what is your process of helping them get their messaging where it needs to be so that the marketing will be efficient? Yeah, the number one thing that I do, and it's consistent across all my clients in all of my conversations, is what do you what do you have? What does your foundation look like? What does your brand look like? I call it an ecosystem. Mm-hmm. When I enter your world, Jane Smith, CFP, when I Google you, what comes up? When I go to your website, what do I find? When I go to YouTube, is there anything there? Uh, when I go to LinkedIn, what's your activity look like? So I really kind of dive in and, and look at it from someone who's trying to find out about this person as if I want to do business with Jane Smith. So my process and the first thing that we do is we spend an hour or 90 minutes kind of saying, what's out there? What what are we giving the world to consume, to tell them about you and why they should consider doing business with you? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people that I've talked with podcasts on or even advisors, prospects, you know, are coming to me looking to find out about the services, ask me the same thing. And I say, well, we have to Everybody has a different, everybody, it's kind of like financial planning, right? Like everybody comes with their own set of resources that they've already got in place. So you've kind of got to evaluate. I use the word infrastructure, but same thing, ecosystem, like in place, what have you got? What are you, what's lacking? What are you currently doing that's working? Where are the gaps and where, where can we fill them? Um, but then specifically, you know, once we evaluate the infrastructure, what do you do 
when an advisor, let's say, because I know I have advisors, some advisors come to me with very clear messaging about, you know, what they stand for, their mission, their values, all of these things. Um, they're pretty clear on their target audience. How do you help an advisor who's maybe struggling with their messaging get that, you know, on point? What is that discovery process? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I've talked to enough of these men and women, and as as have you, that I know their why is all the same. I get what your attempt, like you want to provide an honest, transparent value to your clients to help them satisfy a healthy and long retirement. You are a fiduciary. Look, we could go down a list of all the key words that every single advisor runs with and believes in. And I believe in it with them. I, I'm not saying that, you know, that, that I don't believe in it. It's just that, do I believe Jane, Rebecca, John, Robert, and Stephen can all get my family and I to and through retirement? Yes, I do. What I work with advisors to do is differentiate themselves by telling and being out there with a story, with with who they are as people, with what they actually do, like not just the not just the corporate boilerplate. Like here's like them answering questions, common questions that they get from clients, which allows that advisor to create a kinship or a bond with the consumer of that content. So my goal is really to say, if we put out enough content, enough messaging, enough branding of who you are and what you actually stand for and believe in, you will start to attract the clients that want to do business with you, the human, not you, the enterprise and not you, the business. Like they want to, they want to work with you. And that's really my goal. And I actually just mimic it, Olivia, like my business. Like I'm not out. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny that you said that because I mean, I don't have a degree in finance. I don't have a background in finance, nor do I have a degree in marketing or a background in marketing. I have a degree in background in English literature. So I guess, you know, training wise, I'm trained to write. So that's how this all started. But I built my business using the marketing principles that I use with my financial advisors today. So I know that it works, not just because it works for me, but because it's working for the advisors that you know, take heed. And also on that note, I think that I was just talking to someone else about this the other day is this personalization is so incredibly important, especially in the digital space, because you're, you're already trying to bridge this divide, right? Like we're in a mediated space here. We're talking to one another virtually. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, it's, it's come a long way from even like 2018, when I started in the business, Um, A lot of people are doing more video, people are showing their face more, things like that. And I think that now it's gotten to a point where it's imperative. Like if you are just a firm with no face, you're going to have a very, very difficult time. It doesn't matter how great the the articles we write are, what, how amazing our email sequences or how great the resources are we give away in the nurture sequence. If you don't put a face to your brand, you're really putting yourself at a disservice right now. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with that more. I mean, look, years ago, just rewind the clock a little bit. Years ago, my wife and I would never even consider the idea of working with a financial advisor in Chicago. You know, we're in Philadelphia, like, or in Tennessee or Florida or California. Like that, that wouldn't even make sense. You would you would find someone local, right? And how would you do that? It would probably be through friends and family, word of mouth, whatever. You'd find someone that 
maybe, or you hoped you crossed your fingers that fit the bill of who you liked as a person because you wouldn't really get to know them. Yeah. Now today we can get to know the advisor. We can get to know all the people that we want to work with just by consuming the content that they're putting out. And we can make that decision before we even contact them. And whether you're in Chicago, Florida, California, Tennessee, it doesn't matter if you put out content that resonates as a human with who my wife and I think that we want to talk to, you've broken down that barrier. And and that is enormous opportunity. Absolutely. And just on that note, I think it's um, funny because yesterday I messaged my financial advisor because noticed that he hadn't really been posting much on his page this week. And I said, you must be really deep in your wedding planning. He's getting married in a couple of months. I said, because of you, I haven't seen you around here and I'm starting to miss you. I'm going through withdrawals. Like, you know, this bond, that there is a bond that is created when you're putting out this content and people start, even if they haven't reached out yet, let's just say we're talking about prospects, right? Prospects who follow you, who consume your content, who like your content, even if they haven't reached out yet, there's like, there's that affinity there that the content has created that eventually when they are in a place that they're ready to pull the trigger, those posts and that consistency and those, you know, emails are going to be what is the, the tipping point for them to say, hey, okay, I'm, I'm ready to reach out to John or whatever. Um, I blow everyone's mind with this, my, my clients anyways, like prospects when we talk about this, because they're like, I just don't get how this is going to work. I'm like, all right, why did you mess? Why did you call me? Yeah. Well, I saw all the stuff you're putting out. I saw like, I saw all the stuff you're creating and consistent. I've been following you for quite a while. Like I've been in your community consuming all your stuff for like six months. And I finally just decided I needed to talk to you. I'm like, aren't your clients, your new clients going to do that with you if we start this thing? And they're like, Oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's a great point. I'm not even thinking I need to steal that because, you know, when they're confused about how it all works, it's just, well, it works the same way as why you booked a call on my website. We're talking right now. Um, and it's the same thing too. Like, you know, obviously this is get advisor fit and I'm a bodybuilder. So it's very similar too with like online coaches. My last coach, I followed him for a year consuming his content before I hired him because I wasn't. I wasn't in a place that I was ready to work with him. I wasn't ready to leave my old coach, whatever, whatever. There's a million reasons, but you never know who's watching you and you never know when their time is going to be. So you just have to keep, I say, feeding the content monster and keep everybody happy. And then when that time comes, you know, also the more you, the, the more consistent you are and the more you do it, it's like the snowball effect, right? Like you gain momentum and then all of a sudden you're just off to the races. So it is a long game. I think that advisors, you know, know this, but sometimes forget, like it is something that takes a little bit of time. You will, you know, some people gain traction sooner than others, depending on their level of involvement, how great, I mean, to be honest, how great they are at showing off their brand. Um, you know, how much they're willing to to work with the people like you and I to accomplish the things that need to be accomplished to 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 generate leads and nurture them and things like that. But um, it's really pretty cool. And I mean, I think to you and me, probably it feels like just second nature, right? Like this just makes sense. I'm empathetic to them. I really am. I I think the firms are doing their advisors a tremendous disservice. And I would tell, I would be eloquent in how I delivered that message to the management. But I think that they're checking boxes at the firm level. And I think it's really unfortunate for the advisors because the firms are making a boatload of money here, right? And the advisors are left to actually either stay status quo 
or become actual marketers. Like that's a really tall order for someone who doesn't have that creative um, capability. And and I'm empathetic to that. I like, I'm, I am horrible yeah. at math. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I couldn't do both. Right. So I, it's, I think it's a tall order to ask them to do both. And I put that on the firm. And I definitely agree with that. I mean, you have to know as an advisor, if you're, well, and I think this comes down more to like seeing if, like understanding if you're in a firm that's a good fit for you. If you're in a firm that's limiting your ability to generate revenue because you need to rely on a firm that's going to be bringing in leads and not you doing it yourself, then you need to kind of like say, hey, this might not be the best fit firm for me and I you know, need to look elsewhere. Um, particularly, I guess I my focus is generally on like, the advisors who own the firms are typically the people that I'm working with. I don't generally, I'm not generally in a position where I'm working with one advisor who's under a larger firm, who's not really doing anything to help them. So I guess that's new perspective for me. Um, Indefinitely something to think about. Um, And I think what's interesting too, is like people always want to know, what is the next big thing in marketing? They want to like get on the next big like train, right? But in reality, rarely have the ones who are asking these questions, have they mastered the basics? Email, social media, you know, um, lead generation techniques, like with a lead manager, something like that. Um, over the course of your time in these spaces, where do you see um, RAs have had the most success in their marketing? How, if if at all, has it changed over that time period? It's a great question. Um, I think the majority that have had the greatest success have jumped on, they jumped on LinkedIn early and they early, like 2017, 2018. Um, they, and they, I give them a lot of credit because they kind of, I don't, I don't know if I can swear here or whatnot, but like I'll yeah, keep ahead. it. I don't think they gave a shit what people thought. Okay. Yeah. And the advisors who jumped on LinkedIn at that 2017, 2018 moment in time and didn't give a shit what people thought they just were themselves authentically. Because if you remember, rewind four or five years, LinkedIn was a very stodgy place. It was very conservative in the sense business conservative. It was very buttoned up, whatever you're putting out there is a reflection of you professionally. So people were very careful on how they branded themselves early on. And those that saw that and and saw LinkedIn as an opportunity that put themselves out there to the world created a massive runway for themselves. So, you know, the long or short answer to where I saw or where I've seen a lot of success come from is advisors who jumped on the LinkedIn bandwagon early. I'll say quickly, Olivia, it's not too late on LinkedIn. No, so many think it is. They, they, you said, where's the next big thing? It's right in front of you. Yeah. And okay. So it's, it's funny that you said that because I'm thinking back to when I started in 2018 and there was this particular fellow, I'm not going to mention his name, but I follow him on LinkedIn. And we first, when I first started in my business, he was very like, uh, vocal about how he didn't believe that you could outsource your marketing to somebody and actually be successful, that it had to be very personalized. And I said, yes, I agree with you, you know, but my job is to relegate your personality and put it with the marketing principles. Take some of this, you know, off of your plate so that you 
are doing something because a lot of the advisors, the fact of the matter is they're not doing anything. So, you know, you've got to start somewhere. Um, and then hopefully you get to a place where they're working with you to, you know, make videos and things like this and all this great stuff that we know works really well. Um, but anyway, so I saw him, you know, DIY everything himself. And he is one of these guys, obviously, if you can't tell from the story, who doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks. And he has done really, really well for himself. I mean, going and, and when at this time, at this early time when we were, I was new and just getting on LinkedIn and doing all these things to market myself. Um, he was still, he was struggling with social media and he was very vocal about it. Um, and then he just started saying what he wanted to say and posting videos about what he wanted to post, which, you know, included his face and his somewhat obtrusive personality, but that is him. And that resonated with a lot of people and he's done remarkably well. Now, this is, you know, just in just one example, but this is exactly what you're saying. People who get in, I mean, could you imagine posting emojis in your post and LinkedIn, like, you know, five years ago, people would be like, the fuck is that? Like mm -hmm. these people are, that guy's off his rocker. And what the sad part is though, is that a lot of my older advisors who, you know, are struggle with social media are still struggling with, is this okay to put on LinkedIn? And I'm like, yes. Is this okay? Yes. This is what people want to see. And then guess what? When they do it, they're like mind blown. Like, I get emails like, Olivia, I tried what you said and I got over 1,500 views. I usually only get like 50. And I'm like, I'm telling you, people want to see you, who you are, you know, this, because the things like in the beginning of this conversation, you said fiduciary, you know, we care about you and your goals and all of this stuff. Yes, all the financial advisors do or should or are supposed to. Those are not differentiators. Those are just, Fundamental. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, it's just, I, I really get hyped up when I see advisors listen and do really well. And I think, you know, I want to ask you as a marketer, like, what is your greatest challenge in working with advisors? Like if you could just, if you could pick one of the challenges that you have and just wipe it off of your plate today, what would it be? I don't know that I could wipe it off my plate. I want to solve it. Well, I mean, by solve. Yeah, no, I hear you. I, I think <laughs> it's an awesome question. One of the biggest, the biggest challenge that I run into with advisors is I, I just wish they would one, stop buying bullshit. Cause that to me is such an anchor to their budget and then their conviction in marketing because they bought bullshit and then it makes them feel like it doesn't work. And then they wasted money. And then it's like, they don't want to come back to the table. So that is my one wish for everyone out there listening. But I, I really would ask that clients that I'm working with, clients that I have worked with, clients that I have not worked with yet, I really wish that they would trust that and take the next step of saying, I'm going to commit more to this and let you help me create more content. Because what I do is most of my business is in consulting. But then I leave those advisors to create on their own. And when they go off to create on their own, you know, the, the quality and, and creative is very subjective. And a lot of times they, they don't know 
the left from right in the Adobe suite products and how to create consumable content that works and make videos, you know, from five minutes to 90 seconds, jump cut edits, all the different things that I, I think really help uh, consumption. And so I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but I would really wish that advisors would put more trust into allowing me to help them, me and my team, help them create the content ourselves for them. Okay. So that's interesting because I would say when this might be where we differ a little bit, or maybe I'm not understanding correctly. I don't tell them, I mean, I can't record a video for them. That's something they have to do on their own. I do the post-production or whatever, but um, as far as like, let's just say like static graphics or like stock video graphic reels, things like that. Do you, you're saying that you wish that they would trust you to make them for them? Okay, gotcha. Um, what, so let's 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 expand on this a little bit because yeah. I'm I'm interested to hear yeah. your two cents as to why that's that gives you pause. That's like based, my business is more based on deliverables than it is on consulting. Okay. So in that respect, you know, it's sort of the opposite side of the coin, which is interesting because that presents its own challenges, right? Because what people think looks good is subjective. So you kind of have to work with the client to get to a place where you understand what they like. Of course, there's like brand guidelines. All right. So you obviously, obviously we're always going to start with the brand guidelines. What is the aesthetic? What are the colors, the fonts that we use, all of these things. Um, but even from there, even if you nail the brand aesthetic, sometimes it's not you know, what the client envisions for their Instagram page. or whatever. So you go now. If, if you hear my two-year-old upstairs crying, my apologies. It sounds like our um, babysitter nanny is struggling to get snack time in. So anyway. More goldfish. More goldfish. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. um, I think what, what happens a lot of times is advisors go off to create the content that they're coached to create or that they know will work. And it drags their brand down because it looks goofy. Okay. because it looks like shit because they're not designers or real marketers. I give them a lot of credit for trying, Definitely. but at the end of the day, there's a fine line between delivering content that works and actually detracting from what it is you represent. And I am always paying attention to, especially my clients. Like I coached you to do that. I the, the way that that was executed is not going to work. So when you ask that question of what I wish I could change, I wish they would take the coaching and then say, okay, can you make that? Yes. Okay. So yes, I see where you, that would definitely be a struggle. Um, especially because, you know, I, I guess <laughs> do the same thing as like, coach them to say, here's the script I wrote for you, or sometimes they do them themselves. Go, you know, give them all the instructions, put your phone this way, put the light here, make sure there's no windows behind you, all the things, you know, make sure there's no ambient noise or whatever. Um, and they record the video and then they come to me and I fix it for them. So well, as best I can, but um, so I can see where that would be, yes a struggle and I would, I would feel yeah, because then you're like, you know, you're caught in this very like, strange place. Like, yes, I told you to do that, but it didn't turn out that great. So uh, mm. it's hard. Yeah. And then, 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 then they lose a little bit of conviction 
Well, you told me that this would work. Rain on their parade. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you don't want them putting stuff out there just for the sake of putting stuff out there. That is a big no-no. <laughs> if it's gonna, you know, detract from your brand. Look, there's an opportunity out there, and I don't want to jump ahead. I don't know where your questions are, are you know, where oh, you want to leave this conversation, but there is still, still a tremendous opportunity out there for advisors to change their lives through content marketing. And to think you missed the boat is ridiculous. To to wait for the next thing that's coming is ridiculous because if you're waiting for the next thing, just like you guys advise all your clients, you're gonna miss it. Time in the market, not time, in, not timing the market, right? Like the parallels are ridiculous for what we do and what they do with their clients. And I just, I see such an opportunity. I hope that they stop buying bullshit leads and lists and all these different things that are out there that promise to 10x everything and, and work with people one-on-one to create marketing programs that actually generate conversations. Generate conversations. I think that that is really a great point to drive home is that at the heart of what Corey and I do is generate the kinds of conversations that matter to people. And that is ultimately the way that you're going to be able to build a bond with someone through the internet by building these conversations. And I think that that is something that kind of gets lost, especially when we're talking to advisors about strategy, right? Because then everything somehow becomes like logistical. And of course, there are logistics to getting the conversation started and getting it out there and things like that. Um, But at the heart of it, the strategy is used to facilitate the conversation, facilitate the back and forth. Um, That's the only thing I do. I don't, I mean, I, I don't promise new business. I'll never promise an advisor new business because I, I, there's too many variables there that I are out of my control. All I do is tell advisors that I work with and that I hope work with me is my job is to help you generate conversations. That is it. If I can help you generate conversations, the rest is up to you. And that's whether you have found the right people or people that are you know, like-minded, that, that is all based on the content we put out and, and, and who you are as a human. But if I can help you generate conversations, my job is done. I love it because you know what, because there are plenty of times that I have generated the conversations. It's, you know, they've booked calls, they've talked to people, but the advisors just, I mean, you can't close the deal or, aren't, you know, mm-hmm. not a right fit. Sure. Not, and it's tough because they, I think that that's an expectation that you and I, you know, are prudent to set up front. You know, these are with content marketing. These are our goals. My, once, once we get to this point, which for me, I always say is getting someone to book the call, right? That's sort of like our end game. The, the ultimate pinnacle, someone has inbound, found us online, whether it was through organic search or through a different website or through a social media source or whatever, friend sent them their email, whatever the case may be, and they have come and booked a call. Of course, there's other goals along the way, like, you know, subscribing to the email list or talking to you on LinkedIn. Um, but 
beyond that, I mean, there's, there's also, there's a whole other side of it, which is, you know, once you, the conversation is started, what you do with it, because I can't be you. Right. So it's just, <laughs> this whole thing is just, it's about buy-in really. And like, I think patience is the number one variable that, that holds everyone down is, is they do it for three months, even four months. And like, it's not working. And like, you, we just have to keep at it because look, I don't know about you, Olivia, all of my business comes from the shadows. I don't know when it's coming. I don't know. There's no rhyme or reason to why an advisor shoots me a DM or an email. There's, it just happens. It's random. I smile. I chuckle. I laugh with my wife about it. I'm like, I have no idea where this came from. And it's new business. And I will say I stepped out, launched this thing in 2019, zero gross revenue, right? On my own, doing my thing, savings, living off of that, trusting that, you know, my wife's job can carry us for a little while to fast forward to where we're at, you know, knock on wood, my business is doing better than it's ever done. You know, more than six figures gross annually and business is continuing to find me. And that is not through me buying leads. That is not through me advertising. And I've got no problem with advertising, but that is just pure content generation and distribution and consistency and patience. That's all it is. And all I do is coach and work with my clients to do the same exact thing and, and hope that they have the patience to stick with it because it will change their business. I love that because it's a, it's a story very similar to mine. My husband is now like my business partner. He sits over there most of the time, but he doesn't want to hang out for the podcast. Of course. <laughs> um, but he was, I started this business with, you know, blogging a couple of times a month for new or for, you know, some advisors. And um, while my baby took a nap and I sat there with my, my laptop and the baby monitor and I wrote some financial articles and um, then and he worked, you know, full time at the power plant and business operations. And then we got to a point where I needed to hire or, you know, and now it's him and I and it's, you know, we have a beautiful life that we've been able to build. And it's just that I know that I can help and I've seen and, you know, do help other people do that too. And it's, it's really pretty phenomenal that we live in a world where you can basically support your entire family and build a lucrative business with a laptop and an internet connection. It's unbelievable. And it's special. And I love hearing that you guys, I mean, you, you said something that we all just ignore so often. You've built a beautiful life. Like that's just fucking awesome. Like that's cool. And, you know, to tie that back into this conversation is advisors out there that, that have plateaued. Like that's my biggest challenge with you guys. You guys have guys and guys and women, guys and girls. Like I just use guys, but like you've hit this mark, you've plateaued, whether you've sold product to get there or whatever, but like your financial planning practice or whatever, your business has plateaued. Are you going to stay there for the next 20 years as a plateau, 10 years, however long, or are you going to take the next step? And there's no easy way to take that next step other than attracting more attention and generating more conversations to build that beautiful life. Like it, it's, it's cool. It's neat. Thank you so much. And I mean, on that note, I'm glad to hear that your business is doing so well too. I think that, you know, I empathize, like you said, with advisors who this isn't their, their strong suit, but luckily there are people out there like us who can help. So, um, 
you know, I think it's great that we can get together and share this insight for advisors who, you know, might be thinking about starting um, outsourcing some of their marketing or looking for a coaching kind of consulting um, person to help well, them. While you're on this, Olivia, what are the objections? Like, I, what do you see in this industry that is an objection for advisors to taking the next step with marketing or them not trusting it or it not working or like what holds you back from, from new business? I would say that honestly, it's not because the people who come to me are already interested in seeing what they can do. Right. That's the reason they booked a call. But um, as far as timing, a lot of people are afraid to be, they're like, I don't want to be annoying. I don't want to be obtrusive. Is one email a week too much? You sure I should be posting every day? Are you sure I should share this? Like it's, it's that old mindset of, is it too much? Is it going to be too obtrusive or is it going to be too casual, too personal? And I have to explain to them that a, because of the acceleration of the, you know, the way that business is done digitally, it is expected when people sign up, opt in to your email list, it's, they expect to get one email a week, you know, maybe more. Um, That's how you stay top of mind. And they expect to see you showing up on social media, especially if when they decided to reach out to you, you were showing up a lot, you know, like I said, I'll message my advisor said, are you dead man? Cause of where you been, you know, I get used to seeing you and I haven't seen you. So really the objections that I get aren't to using marketing to grow. It's really about frequency or, you know, is it professional? enough? Yeah. I mean, um, what do you see? Cost. Okay. Well, um, cost, yeah. yeah I, I see. I, you know, I don't, I'll be careful with my, well, the hell with it. What do I care? Careful with my words. I see a lot of advisors that are cheap and, yeah. but then they spend money on the wrong things. And that's drives me bananas because it's like, well, we could have done this with that budget. Like your tech stack probably could have was fine as it was. <laughs> so, um, but you brought up something that, that, is huge for me. And I just want to drive home the point for your audience, like from my perspective, and I'm sure you share this is like, there is never too much. If you're delivering value, if you're giving people stuff that is valuable to them, that they want to consume, you cannot overdo it. Yes. If you were blast emailing three times a week with horseshit, it's too much. If you were giving them things, tidbits that make them feel more confident, more educated, more comfortable, or laugh. Like all of those things add value to someone's life. And if you continue to do that, you will never over inundate them with content. I love that. Absolutely. And I think that also that makes me think of like advisors who struggle about like, what, what should I talk about? What should I write about? What should I post about? And I'm like, anything. (laughs) I mean, not anything, but I mean, um, think about the things that you know, I tell them to mine, mine, like their current landscape. What are your clients asking you about? What are you getting emails about? Um, these are the things that, you know, can spark some inspiration for you. You know, when you're going to record your video where you're going to, what do I send out the next email about? And a lot of, and, and mine, your personal life. I just sent out an email after mother's day that talked about what I did over the weekend. Who gives a shit, right? Okay. So Maybe it was my clients, probably some of them, <laughs> maybe my grandma, but um, then I tied that personal life into something that had to do with my business, which was look at all of these people that I just connected with through these stories. I went to a concert. 
Um, I went on the boat. So I can, and I, and I pointed out, like I dissected it, you know, this is my story, but then look what this story did. It allowed me to connect with all of these people. I made you laugh. I showed you, you know, a personal photo. Um, I, mothers out there who just experienced Mother's Day, we, we bonded over this. And so, I mean, start with your clients, start with yourself. Don't be afraid to share about your personal life, um, you know, to the extent that it has a little bit of something to do with what you, you know, do. And um, I just think that's the main objection is people are afraid to put themselves out there. Yeah. I, and, and the funny thing is, is, and the thing that I do with, in my conversations is I just, I, I twist the lens on them and I'm like, Tim, what, what do you enjoy consuming? And he's like, Oh, I follow this person on YouTube, this, this, and this, I like the, what this person does here. That I'm like, why aren't you doing any of that? I never thought of that. You know, it's like, we just need to mimic a lot of the, our own consumption behaviors here and, and our world will change. I love that. I'm like taking notes because I, I'm already thinking of which clips that I want to pull out of this, <laughs> but on social media, because the, you've got a lot of good things that you've said so far today. And, um, you know, so I, I mean, I think it's fun being on the other side of this. You sit here and pepper me with questions. I just, you know, it, it go, go from my library. It's, it's easy being not, not being the interviewer. Oh, really? I feel like it's easier <laughs> being the interviewer. But I also like being interviewed, which is why I started my podcast in the first place. One of my advisors has a, a podcast for entrepreneurs. And he said, do you want to be on it? And this was like in October last year. And I said, yeah, sure. And I got off and I told, came over here. I told my husband, I'm starting a podcast. And he was like, okay. And he knows, he knows when I say something, I do it. So it happened. I found someone We and here we are where, I mean, I only do an episode every other week. And sometimes like if we're on vacation, I take a three weeks or whatever so we're only on like episode 14 but i mean i i like both sides but i am so glad that you agreed to join me today i think we have a lot of good points to drive home for advisors that we're going to be able to share through this conversation um, i'm i'm thrilled that you asked i'm here for it i i love talking this stuff this is you know this is what i do and what i enjoy doing so i'm here for it Awesome. So if some of our listeners want to connect with you once we're through with this, of course, we'll drop the links in the captions on all of the platforms. But why don't you go ahead and let them know where they can find you? The number one place, everyone listening or anyone watching, just find me on LinkedIn. Corey Keating. It's easy. Um, you know, I would just love to connect with you. That is it. Yep. Start that conversation with Corey. I promise you will not regret it. Um, and if you want to connect with us and my team, you can also find me on LinkedIn under Olivia Looper. I don't really use the business page. Uh, it exists because it has to. Um, <laughs> and I also use Instagram a lot if you'd like to connect there. Um, other than that, to learn more about how our firm helps financial advisors attract their client with custom content, please visit lexiconcontentdevelopment.com and subscribe to the Get Advisor Fit show so you don't miss any of the amazing guests that I drum up for you guys. You're welcome. Corey, thank you. And we'll talk soon. Of course. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper. To learn more about Olivia and how her firm Lexicon Content Development can help you, visit lexiconcontentdevelopment.com.
If you want to reach out to Olivia on LinkedIn, you can find her at Olivia Looper Lexicon. And if you'd like to follow Olivia on Instagram, you can find her at Lexicon Content Development. Till next time.